Hello and welcome to Property Mastermind Podcast with Bob Anderson and Hilary Saxton, episode 116, talking about how not to sabotage your financial feasibilities. We're going to unpack this as usual and you will be left feeling somewhat well educated, I would say. So let's jump on into episode 116. episode 116, How Not to Sabotage Your Financial Feasibilities, a great episode today. But before we get started, as usual, we give away the book. And this week, the book, holding it up for those who watch us on YouTube. And if you do, hit subscribe. We would love that. Um, It's Secrets of Property Millionaires Exposed. There are a few potential what they call property gurus on there with their own theory on how they think you make money in property development, this week we are giving it away to, it's a random selection from the database. One of the girls just went in and picked out a name. Spun the wheel. Spun the wheel and it goes (laughs) to Wade Carl. So Wade Carl, someone will reach out to you and you will be receiving a copy of Property Millionaires Exposed. So there you go. All right, before before I... I'll start by welcoming you, Bob. Let's go there. Okay. Welcome, Mr. Anderson. Glad to be here. Right. What are you looking about? What are you looking forward to about today's episode? Oh, well, numbers. I, <laughs> it's not all about numbers, though. Uh, no, look, feasibilities are a very important part of property development, so uh, it's it's important. And I love talking about anything property development. I've got a truckload of questions for you. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> but before we back, do, back on up, back, back it up, back it up. Before we before we get into the questions, Bob. I would like to know what your tip is for the week. Do you have one this week? I was thinking about that. Yes. You don't need butter to make a good sandwich. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> I think every good sandwich has butter. Well, yeah, I know that's a bit of a funny thing in our household, I know, because, well, you were brought up on a dairy farm. Yeah. And so dairy is big time. Yeah. Butter. Butter is big. Butter is big in your family. Yeah. And uh, butter... I mean, I'm not against butter. I wouldn't eat margarine. No, but I mean, you, you I mean, don't even put butter on all your sandwiches. No, I just don't sort of put things like that on it. Yeah. I just used not to. So, yeah, I tend to have dry bread with um, other stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That, that's your tip. We'll, we'll just park oh. that one, and that can be your tip for the you people. You don't have to have butter, but no problem if you do. Just don't use margarine. No, okay. There you go. <laughs> that's my tip. Great tip. Before we uh, also jump into unpacking financial feasibilities and how not to sabotage them, or yeah, how not to, hmm. I have to just do a little bit of a chat about your experience. And I'm sorry for the people that know, but we won't go for too long. It's just that we often get new people and they have no idea who they're talking to. They might call up because they've clicked a link on the website or they've listened to a podcast and they say, I want to talk to you about uh, courses or uh, mentoring or whatever. And sometimes I think, do you even know who you're talking to? Because they were like, so have you guys done property development before? Or, you know, have you done many? And I'm thinking, yeah, we do. (laughs) So Bob's done a truckload uh, from semi-trailer load, a semi-trailer load of developing over forty years, and that's everything from high rises to supermarkets to you name it. He's done the lot, as well as just apartment buildings, houses, five packs, yep. four packs, three packs, two packs, duplexes, two packs. single builds. You name it. He's done the lot. Um, I even dragged some, him to New Zealand and encouraged him to help me with a reno. So yep. 
he managed put the tool that. bag on, he, took, it, took instructions from the project manager. Yeah, he was such a good lackey too, by the way. <laughs> he was not a bad lackey. Oh, no, no, I'm good. I, I don't mind getting on the tools every I, so often. I love being on the tools, but you did what you were to- told. I did. Yeah. I, I did. You let me manage the Oh, well, that, was, that was the deal when we went to do that, Renault. Yeah. That I would be the, the lackey and you would be the project manager and it worked pretty well. Yeah, yeah, that... It's because I've done more of them than you, you have. have. You've done way more Renaults than I have, for sure. So that's Bob's experience, uh, 40 years' worth and over $1.3 billion in total. So we've got a bit going on. It's probably more than that now, is it? It'd probably be no, more yeah, than it would be even like if you look at our current front, front end of our funnel. It's <laughs> yeah. Huge numbers. But anyway, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. Bob's reputation, you understand it. And so because we're talking about feasibilities today mm. we thought we would give away our feasibility calculator to the first person who emails into us admin at propertymastermind.com.au as an administration admin um what you enjoyed about the podcast this week so whoever is first gets a free oh, that's a great idea feasibility calculator it's usually 297 297 dollars and it comes with a full tutorial so it's a fabulous prize it's a win. great way of crunching numbers on a on a development it's and got lots of little bells and whistles on it too you use it every day don't you bob oh we do yeah yep three or four times a day always but i mean you oh some bigger is it the only calculator you've ever used no no i've I've got a state master, which will cost you, and you have to sell your house to buy that. But that's for like big, multi-staged, you know, eight hundred lot subdivisions and um, you know, retirement villages and that sort of thing. But mm. any normal sort of project, you know, even an apartment block, fifty units, whatever, uh, you can do it on the property mastermind feasibility calculator. Well, there you go. So whoever's first to email in will uh, win the feasibility calculator. Yeah, great price. Yeah, great price for no reason. Geez, we're giving stuff away. Other than we love people. Yeah, we are. We do, and we are giving a lot away. So, and just before we get started on this podcast about not sabotaging your feasibility, and there's a reason we called it that, just know that at the workshop, this topic, financial feasibilities, goes for over two hours. So we can't cover all aspects, but what we really want to open people's eyes up to um, things that you should know yeah. when it comes to feasibilities. Mm. Hey. Yes, indeed. Okay, so you just heard me call it a financial feasibility. So people call them FISOs, but yeah, yeah. pretty much what it is is a financial feasibility. If you want to take it an extra word, you can go financial feasibility analysis. Okay. But that's a mouthful, but you're right. We just call it slang. A FISO. FISO. Anyone done a FISO on that? What's yep. the FISO look like? That's, that's common language it's, at our it's house. It's a lot quicker to, to say and it doesn't twist your tongue. Yeah. Yeah, what did it come out like on the FISO? That's that's pretty much language yeah. that we speak. And we say crunch the numbers, it's the same thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think crunch the numbers is it's kind of, I don't even like it anymore because everyone says it. Yeah, that's good. I've heard other people copy you do it, so I don't, no, I don't like it. copies us. Yeah. So, Bob, what, when it comes to um, feasibility calculators, what's their... I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Why are they so vital when it comes to property development? What would you, what would you say? Well, a feasibility is really, it's like a profit and loss statement. If anybody's familiar with a business where you have a profit and loss statement, it doesn't have to be a property development. What have you got? Well, you've got, in its simplest form, income less expenditure equals profit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that, look, it could be a fruit and veggie shop. It really doesn't matter what, mm. what the business is. And let's call a property development a single business. So 
uh, income is what you sell your developed profit for, mm-hmm. less costs, which is all the costs in a feasibility, you know, the land, consultants, finance, all those things, equals profit. But it has to show enough profit. And what is enough profit? Well, we could talk more about that. So a feasibility is simply like a profit and loss statement. For a particular project. For, for a single project. Yeah. And there's varying levels of, how would you call it, accuracy. The more detail you put into it, the more accurate it becomes. And how crucial are financial feasibility analysis calculators, if we're <laughs> going to go down that big road, how crucial is a fees, though, when it comes to um, borrowing money for financiers? Oh, well, pretty, pretty critical, really. If we're talking about any sort of multi-unit thing other than a house, uh, it's, it's important, particularly if we're, without getting too far down the commercial finance track, if we're looking for commercial finance from a financier to do a develop and build and sell, it needs to show enough profit for the financier to take, well, to take the risk in financing it. Mm. And, and the same for yourself. I mean, what you're doing with the feasibility as well, it's not just we need one to show enough profit to get the finance. It should show enough profit for us to want to do it, you know, to take, you know, the effort, the time, the, the risk and all that sort of stuff to do it. And, you know, not just when we you talk about finances and we all jump to bank or some sort of lender, but mm. they are also vital for showing investors, potential investors, that, that, you've, that you understand what's going in and mm. that you have looked at, at how the numbers go in and come out and that they do work. Yeah, and when you're getting an investor on side, you may have to prove your numbers, if you like. I mean, they might not have a clue if the numbers are correct and they might want to take an independent assessment or not, but it all comes off the back of the feasibility. And so it, it just has to be profitable, obviously, but profitable enough. It has to show enough profit margin. Does that also, when you're applying for finance with whoever you're applying with, say it's not you know, it's not a yeah, joint commercial venture. Commercial finance. Yeah, yeah, so say you're doing that. Does it also show them that you're professional? If you, mm. uh, So if somebody – have you heard or does that happen where people oh, just roughly do it on oh. a bit of paper? Yeah, it doesn't look good. No. Look, when I started off in property development way back in the 80s, first part of the 80s even probably, um, we didn't have computers and computer programs and calculators like we have now. And so it was – it was done manually on like a profit and loss statement. Mm. I used to do all the numbers and type them up on, on a sheet. And that's what it was at the time. And it was For the young people listening, a typewriter, typewriter even, is a thing believe. that... This is like more than 20 years before Microsoft, right? So I, can't, I can't even explain what a typewriter is. Yeah. Google it. A computer took a whole house size, you know. Yeah. But, but the point is this. I did an accurate feasibility and I, I got the money. And that, and that was good enough at the time because mm. that was what it was. But, I mean, these days, when you're talking to a, a, a financier or an investor or anybody, you need to look professional and you need, you need to look the goods. And the goods are to have a good feasibility program. Yeah. You know, like the one we just mentioned, the master, property mastermind feasibility calculator. There's other ones you can, you can buy on the internet. But it, it needs to, to look professional. It needs to be done accurately. Yeah. Look, remember the old saying... Garbage in, garbage out. Mm. Never so true as with a feasibility because it's only as accurate as the inputs that you Mm. put in there. Mm. If you put in silly numbers, you're going to get a silly answer. 
But if you have a decent feasibility calculator, it brings up all sorts of things. It's not just a one-sheet kind of printout. No. It brings up um, well, look, our, timings, a lot of interesting yeah. things, interest payments, when money's going in and out. Like it's yeah. more than just money in and out, which leads me to my next question, Bob. Which is? So there are two different types of, of financial mm. feasibilities, really. There are the, the sort of the bird's eye view. Yeah. And then the more detailed. Could yeah. you unpack those? What you would call the financial, the five-minute fees? Oh, that's my thing, the five-minute fees. Yeah, look, first of all, when we're looking at a, a potential project, we do like a high-level feasibility, mm. and that doesn't even have to be on a feasibility calculator. I, the five-minute one, which we teach in our course, is really – the sale price, you know, if we're selling a duplex, we need to know what the units will sell for. Yeah, there's some, some people right now writing this down. Let, let's some basic costs. And the basic costs are, you know, the land, construction, consultants, council fees, finance, marketing, GST, and some little bits and pieces. That's a high-level one. It's a quick one. We can do it in five minutes. If that indicates that it's likely to be profitable, you know, it's not just off off the shelf that it's not going to work. Mm. If it looks like it's reasonably likely to be profitable, then we take we take some extra time now. It's yeah. worth spending some extra time. And then we dig into the more detail and we break down the more detailed costs mm. and we put those into a feasibility program, a calculator if you like, and that'll be more accurate. So the first one you can just do, you know, on a bit of paper somewhere. No one, yeah, even in your head, to be smart enough. Yeah. So if you want to see that, we actually have that on YouTube somewhere. So I'll put the link... Okay. In this podcast, it'll be in, uh, below. And if you want to see how to do a five-minute fees, so you didn't have to write that down and rush back and think, how did Bob do that thing again? So mm. there is a wee it's video. It's just a quick look to decide if it's worth spending more time and effort on. Yeah. And it's, I think, yeah, it's quite cool. So that's a great way to know that you're not going to waste time. Mm. Because the thing with property development, oh. there are going to be way more no properties than yeses, and you need to be able to get through them fast. And that is the great exactly way right. to get through them. Yeah. I've seen people spend two days on a feasibility that I could have told them in probably 20 seconds, don't even waste your time. <laughs> I, I, actually, I, I think I snorted. Time. I've actually seen you do that so many times and that you, you well, it, it doesn't work. It breaks people's hearts. I they know. get all excited and they've spent time and they've done research and everything and, and like, like so quickly, I can tell them it's not going to work. So, and, and it's so simple sometimes because I say, what do these things sell for? It might be a duplex. I say, oh, you know, they sell for $1.5 each. And I say, okay, that's $3 million on the sales. What's the land worth? And what's the build worth? And before you know it, like the, the land plus the build is like 2.8 million, right? Mm. Like, like just really quick. Mm. They sell them for three. It's 200,000 profit. Well, it's not really because then you've got to take interest and marketing and council fees and consult fees. This thing makes a loss. Mm. I mean, uh, two seconds, five seconds, you can tell. If people ponder and ponder. Because they get emotional and they, they really want it and they start building <laughs> in their head and they've got it going on. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Well, it's not funny, but you've got to learn not to waste your time. No. So the good thing about the five-minute fees, though, the overview is that it can just stop wasting your time. And then you get into the more detailed feasibility, Bob. And so that's why we called this mm. uh, podcast. Tax sabotage or whatever Yeah. And the reason we say that is because so often people will underestimate costs mm. and overestimate costs. I know. And the key takeaway in this podcast needs to be you don't, overinflate and you don't underdo you put the exact numbers in that you have or you will never do a property development and if you mm. are never doing one because they don't stack up and at the moment yes it's tough but we are mm. still doing developments um, then maybe your 
fudging your numbers. Is that what we could call it? Fudging? Yeah, and, and you're right, up or down. Yeah. I'll tell you what I don't want to hear from people. People say, oh, look, here's a copy of my feasibility. I've been quite conservative. I don't want to hear that because what they're saying is they've overinflated things, you know, on both ends. Mm. So on the sales end, let's say they think, oh, these two units, these duplex, they can sell for $1.5 million each because I've seen others in the area that have sold for that comparable. So they say, oh, I'll just be a bit conservative. I'll make it 1.4 or 1.425. Why would you do that if 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 you really believe they can sell for one point five? Oh, but I just want to be conservative. Well, no, it's idiotic. Don't do it. Oh, harsh words there, Bob. And on well, the reason is that they can kill a good deal. Yeah. On the other side, they'll say, "Oh, look, I I think they can be built for um, you know one point two million, but I'll be a bit conservative and I'll make it one point three. So they've added like $100,000 onto the bill cost. They've knocked 100000 off the sale price, and all of a sudden the thing doesn't stack up because mm. it's 200000 away from reality. Mm. And somebody else wanders along and has a look at it, uses the proper numbers, buys it, you know, makes four or $500,000 profit, and the person that's conservative is there scratching their head thinking, oh, I can't seem to find a deal to do. That's not always the case why deals don't stack up, of mm. course. But I'm saying don't be conservative. Very dangerous to go the other way Mm. and get emotional about it. Look, we've seen that, haven't we? Mm. We've seen people who get impatient and frustrated because it's taken them a while to find a deal. They've looked around and they've thrown quite a few in the rubbish bin. And then they find one that that sort of looks, you know, it's really in the right location and everything about it they like. But then they do the numbers and they're not really quite there. And they think, well, I've really got to make this thing work. And then they say, look, I know there's other ones sell here for like $1.5 million each, but I'm going to do a really great design and mine are going to look right. special and I'm going to, I'm going to get $1.6 for mine because they're going to look fantastic. So they put in $1.6 instead of $1.5. So there's 200000 on the sale of a duplex. Mm. And then they say, oh, look, I know the bill price is around 1.2, but I'm going, to, I'm going to get prices from, you know, 10 builders and I'm going to find one who really needs the work and I'm going to squeeze them down and I'm going to get a bill for 1.1 instead of 1.2. And all of a sudden, oh, look, it works. Hmm. They knocked 100 off the building. It's coming 100. in at about 23%. There's 200 the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, it's gone from like 11% to 15% and all of a sudden it's all good. So you've brought up that, Bob. I'm, I'm looking at my questions that I've got down here. Uh, but I think that, that that's something that we say, and if that's you, check in with yourself. What is another common mistake that you see with the financial feasibility? I already know the answer, but I just want oh, to ask you. Oh, there's a few. I'm not sure if you're seeing the same thing I see. I, I find that um, people, particularly when they're starting out, underestimate the time. Oh, that was my next question. I was going to time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we can go there. Oh, well, we can go back to that. So where else do I see people making mistakes? I mean, other than underestimating or overestimating all the time. GST. GST. Oh, GST. GST. I'm doing a sneeze. Some people leave GST out altogether. Yeah. I see feasibilities, particularly, you know, when we're out there looking for sites, and sometimes people have bought a site for some reason, they're not going ahead and developing it, so it goes on the market. And they produce a feasibility, you know, for the agent. You know, take that with a grain of salt. And you look at it, and, 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 and I see what's missing. Mm. And often GST's missing. Mm. That's not insignificant. No. That's a big chunk. Mm. What uh, other things? 
well, often I see GST missing on things. Mm. Uh, I see them sometimes use a low retail interest rate where they should be using a commercial interest rate, mm. you know, for commercial finance. And so all of a sudden, you know, there's 2 or 3% difference. That makes a big difference on, on, the, on the lending side, you know. And then you started with the time thing, which I was going to ask mm. there. And I know that the property mastermind calculator does deal with time. You have to. But, but I mean, the reason we deal with time is because time is money. And it affects your interest. Yeah. So, so how is that played out? On, or how does that work well, badly it, on a feasibility? It, well, it works badly in this respect. If you make a development shorter than it really is going to be, mm. it's going to cost less interest because, you know, the loan's out for a shorter period of time before it gets paid off. Mm. So if the interest is low, lower than reality, and that's a cost, so it's going to make your profit look bigger than it is. Mm. Assuming you agree on the sale price, if you make your costs lower than reality, then your profit's going to look bigger. And it might look like it just scrapes over the line, whereas in reality it doesn't. So timing is, is really important. And a lot of people don't, estimate the time properly and, and look there's a lot of time frames in there i mean once you settle on the land how long is it going to take to get a development permit through council mm. you know some people shorten it up they think it's going to sail through with no effort uh, you know how long does it take to get a building permit well some people shorten that up and once you've got your building permit how long is it be before you go and get prices from builders choose a builder enter into a contract with a builder and the builder goes on site to build that's a period of time. I see some people put that almost to zero. They're almost starting to build the day after they get their permit. And even build times. Now, we've seen build times extend a lot, haven't we? Mm. You know, post-GF, uh, GFC, I'm in the wrong, I'm in the wrong one. Post-COVID, we've seen the time to, that uh, builders want to build a project extended. Mm. That, that affects the interest rate. Mm. But then I see some people allowing too much or sometimes too little. Mm. And that, that affects things up or down as well. So it, the time frames, you know, they need to be right. And I often see them – I see them more over-optimistic than under-optimistic. I see them shorter often it's the sort of thing than I'd reality. And I'm that, always optimistic. And that makes a, a not-so-good deal look better than it is. Mm. You run that piece of paper down beside you often, yeah, I, I your um, timeline thing. My timeline thing, yeah. It's the first thing I work out. Look, when you're doing a, a feasibility, there's four elements to it. And one is the item. What is it? Architect's fees, for instance. Yep. That, that's an item. Council fees is an item. Mm. You know, they're all items. So one is, is, is to understand the items and not leave any out. Mm. The next thing is the amount. It could be to build a duplex. Well, how much? You know, is it 1.2? Is it 1.5? What is it? Mm. So we've got the item, we've got the amount. And then the other thing is GST, which you mentioned before, which is very important. Most... Most of our costs have a GST component, and so that don't leave that out. And, and the other thing is time. Get the time right. So we have the item, the dollar value, GST, yes or no, mostly yes, and the timing of things, you know, and, and all four of those elements need to be accurate to get an accurate feasibility. Mm. And with the timing of things, as in 
this takes that long, like mm. how long things take before you move to the next step. Yeah. Yeah, and some steps over mm. overlap each other. So while that's happening, that needs to happen. It's not like you do one thing, wait for that all to come back, and then, no. right, I'll start the next. Your yeah. timeline includes, there are overlapping timelines. Oh, yeah, absolutely that's actually right. a, That's probably a whole podcast in itself. Well, in the workshop, I spend a lot of time on that because yeah. there's busy times when you're doing a development where you're running a number of things parallel. You know, you think about when you're getting your development permit for, you know, some townhouses, let's say. Mm. So you're getting your development permit, so you're dealing with, you know, the architect, the town planner, things going through council. That's You're reaching a point where you need to start to talk to some financiers now a little bit earlier about construction, so you might be, you know, starting to talk to brokers of that around this time. And then perhaps you, you need a pre-sale or two, if that's what the financier says. So now you're talking to marketers at that time. So you're doing... Look, three or four things at the same time, which mm. is fine. So, so timing, yeah, the overlapping of things as well. You need to understand the process. Mm. I mean, our whole property development, what we teach, is all about the process. Mm. You, you know how to do it, uh, and as you say, sometimes there's a number number of things we're doing at the same time. We're wearing three or four hats. But hats are clothing, and most of us like clothing, so it's a bonus. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so, yeah, look, it's just so important to to get the numbers get the numbers right mm. and there's only, there's three big numbers in a feasibility and they're the ones that matter you think about it your sale price your gross realization value your grv what you you know if this is a duplex and you're doing 1.5 million dollar units two of those is three million that's your that's your sale price mm. that is a big number that is by far the biggest number in your feasibility to get that wrong it's going to have a massive impact yeah the, bi- yeah, the bigger the number the bigger effect it can have on your feasibility mm. so you need to get that right that means but, don't overestimate, don't underestimate, mm, put in the actual number that you've right. researched to get. And the other two big ones are construction and the land value. Mm. So they're biggies. So you need to get your construction price right and you need to get your land value right. Because ultimately, land value is sort of the first thing to happen. We buy the land, so we don't want to pay too much for it because mm. it just makes it too hard to try and make up for lost ground if you pay too much for your site. And so they're the three big things. That, that mean the most. On a, on a townhouse development, just those two cost elements of land and construction can often be 80% of all your costs. Every other cost collectively only makes up 20%. And so it's those big ones that make the difference. They're the ones you have to get right. Whether an architect is charging you $15,000 or $25,000 is almost irrelevant. It has such a small effect on things. Mm. So... They're the biggies. They're the biggies, and they are the ones that people often will self-sabotage on. And we say self-sabotage because sometimes you might want to do a property development, but you realise there is risk involved, and and so it's easier to make something not work than actually do it. So, Now you're talking about your area of expertise. Human behaviour. Is what happens up here. The big stuff. And we've seen that where people... Looking at deals, that's how I'm keen, I'm keen, I'm keen. And they finally find one that stacks up. They go, oh. I can't do it. Oh, I'm scared. Mm. Um, and then they'll do a overinflated fizzer. Oh, it doesn't really stack up. Thank God, now I can keep looking. Hey, Bob. Sounds yeah. weird. Know, it it sounds happens. so weird, yeah. but I've seen it. Bob, what's a, probably one of your most crazy, who have you saved, actually? What's I've it, saved what, who's, uh, yeah, hundreds no, of people probably you've saved, over, yes, over my lifetime. You've probably saved hundreds. What, what's one you remember? For making mistakes. Oh, look, um, well, I can. I can remember running a workshop 
at one point, and remember, we have one coming up in November, three-day workshop, so... Yeah, oh, if you're interested, three, four, five November in the Gold Coast. We'll be there. It is amazing and loads of fun and so much information and a great community, lots of detail and just an excellent event, so... I didn't Check. mean to turn it into a plug. I just no. said, well, I said workshop. I think, oh, we've got one coming up. So, well, if you want you to come, to you there. don't muck around if you want to come because it'll no, sell out this year. If you want to do feasibilities for two hours, probably the most important thing you'll ever do. Yeah. You need to be there. Um, so, I had a workshop and a fellow came up to me in one of the breaks and he said, oh, I'm doing a nine townhouse project at a particular uh, suburb. I knew the suburb and I thought, oh, okay. It's pretty hard to make. Hmm construction projects like townhouses work in that suburb because the sale prices are so low. Mm. You see, it costs you the same to build a townhouse in that really low low area than it does in a really expensive area. Tip there, big takeaway. And Remember that. when you go to a low socioeconomic area, the sale prices are so low that it's very hard, if not impossible, often to make a profit. And I said, oh, I thought, oh, okay. I said, you've got, you know, you've done your feasibility? And he said, yeah. He said, I'm due to go unconditional on the contract next Wednesday. So this is on a weekend. I said, look, I'm happy to, because I'm immediately thinking, oh, I don't think you can make much of a profit in that suburb at all, particularly for townhouses. I said, I wouldn't mind having a look at your feasibility. So in one of the other breaks, he came up with it, and I, and I had a quick look, and I went I went straight to the big numbers. What you pay for the land, what you sell it for? His sale prices were pretty close, maybe a fraction optimistic. The land, I thought, well, you know, probably paid a little bit much. But then I could see why it worked. His bill cost was way too low. Mm. And I said, where did you get the bill cost from? And he said, oh, I got it from a mate. I said, is your mate a builder or a quantity surveyor? He said, oh, no, he's a I don't know, dentist or whatever he was. And I said, that, that sale, pro- that construction price is five or six years old. I said, you cannot go anywhere near building townhouses for that price. Mm. And he said, oh, really? I said, I'll put the real number in there. When I put it in, the thing barely broke even. Mm. So he'd never finance it. he just get stuck with a lemon. And he said, oh, my God. He said, whatever I paid for the, for the workshop, I've just covered it 10 times over by not buying 11, probably 100 times over, really. Mm. Mm. And, uh, and that was a quick fix. And I think there, another point in there, which I like to point out, that the obvious that, that the tip is he never would have got it financed, which means he, he would have been have stuck with a piece of land and mm. not been able to finance the the construction. So you don't have a development site, then you just have no. a piece of land. And if that I mean, if that land doesn't have anything on it, mm. then you're well, this, this was a broken. site, larger piece of land with an old house on it. It didn't have a development permit. His intention was to go and get a development permit for nine townhouses. Mm. So in the actual fact, he would have bought the site just as an old house on a, on a chunk of land. Yeah. He wouldn't have to justify it as a development until he, he got his development permit at least, if not his building permit. Mm. Then he'd rock up to the financier to get the construction finance to build them all. And then the wheels Finance, would have come financier off. would have sent him <laughs> off to a valuer. The valuer would have put the real numbers together. Oh, dear. And, and, and he would have gone into cardiac arrest because the financier you know, would have quickly worked out, this thing doesn't stack up, doesn't make any money, and he's stuck with a lemon. Uh, and that is what we call a wood duck. <laughs> and the man quack, would have been... Quack, quack. Yeah. God, I've saved so many wood ducks. What's a herd of wood ducks called? I don't know. I don't know. What are birds called? Flocks. Flocks. I don't know about ducks anyway. Gaggle of geese, flock of... Anyway, I've saved a lot of wood ducks. So just by taking a look at the fact that or noticing for him that his bill costs were just way out the gate and there you go you know that's interesting that you say his friend gave him that information and his friend well probably did that with the best of intentions and you also have to remember that 
some people have an ego and they like to, you know, well, I know the answer to that. And it is done with the best mm. of intention. His friend yeah. would not have wanted to sabotage him. No. And what I've seen happen too in another circumstance is somebody looked at a at an old an old video of of, of a development and took a bill cost from it, not realising the video was probably five years old, oh. and sort of took it as a Oh, that's the construction price of that's you know that's how much it costs to do townhouses. Oh, can we talk about that again? That lady that sent you an email. She watched oh, an that's old. That's what prompted me to say. She it. watched an old video and then commented somewhere publicly. Or oh, do you still think construction prices are? So I hope you're listening, lovely, whoever you are. Oh, well, that that's. I mean, you have to be. Another example of idiocy again. Oh. Some well, no, well, it is. <laughs> it is. But, that, but what you're pointing call a spade at. a spade. Somebody came to a workshop in 2011 where I did a lot of examples of stuff. Five or six years later, bought a site. Used my numbers from 2011, like this is about 2017. Apparently bought a site. Using those and numbers. And found out later it didn't stack up. And, and wrote to me and said, oh, you know, your numbers are terrible. Oh, you know, you've caused me to... And I said, what numbers? And it turned out it was something she got six years earlier off of workshop she attended mm. can you imagine can you imagine even using bill costs from three years ago before all that escalation yeah or you know what was the interest rate? Oh, i should have asked her what the interest rate was then because you know could have could have been like half what it was later or twice or you know who knows it's just ridiculous you got to keep you've got to keep up with everything as a developer current interest rates current bill costs remember we used to do uh, your deal or no deals yep. and everybody loved them 40 they, of those. they are so cool but they are so out of whack now. We can't use them because but, but people loved watching them yeah. because Bob broke down how you work out if something works. Like really I chose 40 deals that happened to land on my desk and completely ripped them apart, analysed them and eventually did a feasibility. And some of them stacked up and some of them didn't. You could still watch those and there's a lot of learning in it. The principles behind everything that I did and why I did it and my thinking behind things, all that's relevant forever, but not the numbers. Would you like – we could put them on YouTube. We'll have a think about it. Maybe that's a conversation well, for us tomorrow. Yeah. But then it's just that because the numbers are numbers so Numbers change out. all the time. Yeah. Interest rates change. Bill costs change. Because I've seen bill costs come back. I've seen bill costs drop 10% after a boom, you know? Yeah. Um, so, that, you know, nothing's, nothing remains the same. There's a lot of variables in there. And uh, you just have to be current. Speaking of current, so last mm. week, I don't think we had a podcast since we went to the event in Brisbane. So last week we went to a property event oh, yeah. with um, some lawyers. They invite us as guests because it's been Bob's lawyer all his life, so we just go along there and it's lovely. Mm. And, and Mixed with people. a lot of property people, a lot of, yes. of high-end Probably big hitters too. You know? Yeah, bigger hitters than, than the people we all hang out with. You know, we all think we're all big hitters, but these guys are pretty big hitters. They make us look like babies, really. But there, it was just interesting too because they have a panel at the front. They did it last year and hearing their take on what's mm. happening at the moment. And I walked away feeling incredibly optimistic mm. about property development. Did you? Yeah, yeah. These guys, got a lot of them got big companies with in-house research as well. yeah. But not just they don't just do resi. I mean, some are doing big commercial buildings and shopping centres, and there were some smaller developers there. Yes, uh, some some we recognise actually. If, um, actually, we decided when we met a couple, they were going to do an event with them in Brisbane in November. So look out are. for that keep, if you're keep, in. If you live in Brisbane, stay tuned. And it'll, it will only be a networking event. So. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it'll be for networking. Friend of ours who's a well, there's a, there are a couple architect pro, stroke project manager. So, but, but there'll be more about that. We need to have there a conversation with that. them. Yeah. So. Bob, just in summary, mm-hmm. before we wind this up, or before we do, we do have our masterclass on the 23rd of September, Coming up. Saturday from 9 to 1, so do register who's, for that. Who's that targeted towards? That's really for people who are new to property development or would really like to see how you are as a teacher. Uh, or or maybe even someone who's done a property development and realised they could have done it a lot better. Yeah. So in four hours you can't learn property development, but Bob takes you through the process of property development, which is mm. incredibly useful, and then we obviously talk about what, what we do at the end. But it is a great event and everyone I'm stays I'm going to talk on. about some creative strategies as well, is in how to do property developments with little or no money of your own, which has got a lot of people started. So I'll cover that a bit too. So. That's, uh, is it 23rd? 23rd, 23rd, 9 to 1. And there are, there'll be a link below probably by the time this comes out. And if not, just head on over to our website, propertymastermind.com.au mm. and go to events and you can click to register there. Anyway, so just in, in closing, Bob, yep. what would be your number one tip for feasibilities? Well, obviously get the numbers accurate. Yeah. Don't get emotional about it. Mm-hmm. Be very analytical. Uh, get, get the numbers right. Get the timing right. In other words, an accurate feasibility because anything else, you're just fooling yourself. Okay. And don't sabotage yourself. Yeah, don't sabotage yourself with all those silly things that we talked about. Yep, you got this. And on another note, um, can, can I give my book another plug? Please My do. book is finally it's, out. I haven't got a copy to show you. It's raging. It's raging. Three wines in, uh, how to have the self-confidence that alcohol gives you without the alcohol. So you, because you can't drink wine at 9am and have a good day. I tell you what, property <laughs> development is a confidence game. Yeah. You have to be confident. Uh, you have to be educated, but you've got to be confident. And uh, you don't need three wines in to be confident if, if we follow your teachings. Exactly. I've worked with enough people to Be- know what... Better not to be three wines in, actually, <laughs> if you're going to do feasibility. And so you can buy it from my website, hillarysaxton.com, or you can get it from Amazon or go to any bookstore and they can order it in for you because it is published. Uh, so they can bring it in for you. And that's that's about everything. If okay. you would like a copy of Three Wines In, we're sending the book out to someone. We've got so much going on. It's been, we have the masterclass, uh, the workshop coming up. Yes. Your book. My book. Okay. Mm. Well, thank you, everybody. We hope you got a few nuggets out of today's episode. And we'll look forward to catching up with you next week on episode 117. See ya. Bye.